You can either work in the business or you can work on the business. They have the knowledge and the skill to be successful. Yesterday is gone and tomorrow has yet to come. Dive all in on the next chapter of your life. Welcome to The Boutique with Collective 54, a podcast for founders and leaders of boutique professional services firms. For those that aren't familiar with us, Collective 54 is the first mastermind community to help you grow, scale, and exit your firm bigger and faster. My name's Greg Alexander. I'm the founder, and I'll be your host today. And on this episode, we're going to talk to Adrian Bouton, and today's topic is going to be about intellectual property. So, Adrian, it's good to see you. Would you please provide a proper introduction to the audience? Thanks, Greg. Uh, my name is Adrian Bouton. I'm the CEO and founder of Digital Prism Advisors. And we help our clients with digital growth and digital transformation. Okay, very good. How are things in beautiful Charleston, South Carolina right now? Nice and sunny. Just came back from my morning walk. and Cool. It's uh, 75 and sunny in, Feb- in March. I'll take that any day. Yeah, no question. You can hear it in my voice. I'm from Boston and March in Boston is not pretty, so uh, I'm looking forward. I'm going to be there for Easter weekend, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, let's jump jump into it. There's a lot of confusion around this concept of intellectual property um, and comparing it to intellectual capital. And sometimes boutique owners either don't think they have any or they think they have some and it's really not. So I want to just maybe start with an overview of what it is. So boutique owners are in the knowledge space. So they're generating knowledge that has some value. Some of it is protected through intellectual property, such as patents, copyrights, and trademarks. And some of it is not protected, but still valuable. That's intellectual capital. So for example, if you're able to charge more for your services and somebody down the street, that person's paying you because of that additional intellectual capital that you have. And the reason why it's important is someday when you go to sell your firm, Part of your valuation is going to be tied to whether or not you have a little or a lot of this. It'll literally be a number will get assigned to it as you go through the valuation. So Adrian, I wanted to just get your your thoughts on this to start out with and maybe a little bit about your firm. Do you have, do you you find yourself in the category of IP or IC? Uh, I find us to be in both. Okay. There is a lot of intellectual capital in methodologies and artifacts but those are not protected. But we also have um, a digital maturity assessment uh, that is trademarked that we've been running for the last six years. Okay, great. And this, let's start there, because um, to, for those that haven't been through this process before, tell me why you decided to get that trademarked and what was the process? So, um, the process was lengthy, but let me first start why we trademarked it. The digital maturity assessment that we have prospects and clients complete is a methodology that helps us quickly understand where they, where that company currently is on a scale of one to five in digital maturity in different aspects. And it quickly helps us understand what they should be thinking about doing. How do they get to the next level of maturity? And it's a whole methodology that way. And that's more of an intellectual capital until we trademarked it and said, this is unique to us. We want to make sure that uh, nobody can copy us on what we do here. 
and that's how why we made that made it IP. Yeah, which is a great story and a great example because that it solidifies the fact that you are different, and somebody was willing to trademark what it is you're doing, which is a validation point. So the process of getting a trademark was it long? Was it expensive? Was it easy? Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, it was longer than it should have been because we, we did it wrong at first. We went to our general law firm and asked them to handle it. Mm. And um, they weren't paying it because it's it's not a not a good billing scenario for lawyers. Uh, so we found uh, ended up finding a, um, a standalone trademark attorney mm. that does nothing but and then it went very smoothly and it was inexpensive it took only a few months okay so that's the advice then is to hire an attorney that this is what they do this is what they do yeah that's probably true for most attorney type specialty things that you need but uh it went very smoothly once we had uh, that in- individual doing it okay and this digital maturity offering do you charge clients for it or is it a giveaway it's a giveaway uh, because it's a initial assessment, and then we go in with a specialty consulting engagement after that. We are talking about uh, following it up with a more in-depth assessment that doesn't involve consulting. That would be a charge for assessment of a few thousand dollars. So we don't have anything in between the giveaway and the full specialty consulting engagement right I now. I see. Okay, got it. And the um, and the, the reason why it's it's worth it to you to give it away is because if the client takes the time to go through it, it's, it reveals some gaps and that would lead to consulting projects, right? That's correct. Yeah, okay. And is, has it been kind of quote-unquote productized or does it still require labor on your behalf to perform it? Uh, we just finished productizing it. Uh, it is now... We're in testing, final testing. We're going to release it this month where it can be taken by somebody to automatically get the results and we get notification that somebody is taking it so we can follow up to it from a sales perspective. Fantastic. So audience, this is a great example, right? So you have this consulting company. They had this ability to assess an organization, which most consulting companies have some form of assessment in their domain. It got turned into a maturity model, which then got trademarked and was monetized because it led to consulting work after the um, assessment was taken. Because it's trademarked, now it's protected, meaning people can't uh, can't steal it from uh, DPRISM, and it's now created value. And someday down the road, if this firm decides to sell itself, they'll sit across the table from a uh, potential acquirer and be able to point to, you know, this client originated from that assessment, this client originated from that assessment, and so on, and you'll be able to tie dollar dollar values of those client engagements back to this individual tool. And that's a demonstration and proof in the eyes of a potential acquirer that there, this isn't a body shop. There's real intellectual capital, intellectual property that people are willing to pay for. And that's really the big distinction here, is that if you're a body shop, and you, and you don't have any of these methodologies, tools, systems, and they're not monetized, then it's tough to sell that firm. If you can sell it, you're going to sell it at a discount, which is what we don't want to do. Okay, the next question I have for you, Adrian, is because you have this intellectual property and plenty of intellectual capital 
behind that that you use for consulting engagements. Is that reflected in your rates? And would, would clients specifically attribute what they're paying you to the methodologies, the tools, your IC? Um, so, yes, it is reflected in the rates, but the client never sees our rates. We do everything fixed price. Okay. So it's more of a qualification that we know what we're talking about. Once we do the assessment and have the conversation around it, then it's in the client visible rates. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to leap to a conclusion here, but can correct me if I'm wrong. So you're selling on fixed bid, which is great. So you can get away from the hourly rate card thing, which is not where we want to be. And you put a proposal on the table that's fixed bid and said, Mr. Client, you pay me, you're going to get X, Y, Z. The client's going to say, well, how are you going to deliver X, Y, Z? And then you walk them through your your methodology that's going to deliver. And therefore, they have confidence that you can actually execute the project and you win versus the guy down the street. Is that correct? That's correct. Right. We actually quite often go down to the level of, let's say we are talking about a 12-week engagement. We lay it out week by week. What are we going to do? What are they going to see? And what's the value? Yep. Another great example of how intellectual capital is used and monetized. In this case, it's not it's monetized, but you gotta you have to really know what you're doing in the monetization. Meaning because he has it, he's able to charge fixed bid. And fixed bids are a lot more profitable than hourly work. And that's a subtle thing, but it's a very important thing to distinguish. And if he didn't have the methodology, the clients would ask the questions like, what are you going to be doing? Why does it take 12 weeks? Um, who's going to be on the team? You know, and they're going to try to negotiate down on an on an hourly rate basis, which is not where anybody wants to be. And because of the IC, Adrian's able to avoid that. Okay, let's go to the next level of this. Some firms are quote unquote tech enabling themselves, and they're taking these methods that you have, which you are deploying through consulting engagements, and you probably have now for many many times over and over, and they're turning them into software tools of some kind, and they're licensing them to the client either as part of the engagement or as kind of a leave behind. It's a lot of work to pull that off. If done correctly, it can be very lucrative, but if done incorrectly, it can be very costly. Have you considered that? I have. I don't feel I'm at the scale yet uh, to be able to do that because that takes investment, what you're talking about here, Greg. Yeah. And, um, but I definitely am planning to do that. You are. And, and what is it about that that you find attractive? Um, <laughs> number one, profitability, mm. because it makes it more efficient and more profitable to do the engagement for our clients. Yeah. Right. Uh, and scalability. Yeah. You make it once and then you sell it and deliver it a thousand times without any labor. Right. That's right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, which is the big big benefit. Okay, another area of intellectual capital and intellectual property that I want to talk to you about today is this concept of certification. So you, you go and you do a project for a client. Part of that project is you're transferring knowledge and skills to that client so that when you do eventually leave, they can run or implement any whatever it is that you developed. Sometimes that requires some type of training or skills transfer and a way to systematize that is to certify the client. Have you begun to experiment with that at all? Uh, I have not. That is not something I've gotten into. We've Again, it's something we've talked about as an option. 
Um, but no, I have not. Yeah. It's an interesting one. Sometimes clients ask for it. Sometimes they don't. What I found in my old business is I w- we would leave the engagement and like a year later they would call us up. Something didn't go right. And then say, hey, can you come back and train my team? And then we would position certification to them as part of the training initiative to say, okay, so let's make sure this doesn't happen again. We're going to train your team. They're going to have to prove to us that they can do X, Y, Z, and, and they'll do that through their certification. So audience members, this is an interesting thing to consider. It takes some investment for sure, but it, it can generate a recurring revenue stream for you because most times certifications, people need to be recertified on some frequency. Like, uh-huh. for example, imagine if you're an attorney. You know, you've got to maintain continuing ed to maintain your license. Same thing with accounting, et cetera. So that's another idea. Um, go ahead. Along the same lines, what we are planning on doing probably in 2023 is to give the client a portal to do self-assessment on a continuous basis. So that, that takes the last two things together a little bit. It does. Um, it takes both the technology enablement and the certification, education, training. With that portal, a client of us could choose to do a quarterly cycle, a daily cycle, doesn't make any sense, but they can do the self-assessment around the organization um, themselves. And that would be an annual subscription fee. That's a great idea. That's tech enabling the certification. (laughs) That's the one-two punch right there. Yeah, that's a great idea. Have you started exploring the cost and the effort associated with pulling that off is that is that easy is that difficult um we, we ended up with a few hundred thousand dollars of investment needed for that it's more it's six figures yeah but it doesn't have to be seven figures yeah okay that's that's good to know so it might be approachable you know at a certain point in scale sometimes tech enabling services outside of this idea can run into the many millions and it's outside of the uh, the capability of a boutique to do it Okay, um, what other types of intellectual capital do you have? Like, for example, sometimes people are collecting data and they ask the consulting firm, you know, how am I benchmarking against XYZ? Have you guys, just as a natural course of doing your work, do you collect data? Uh, We do. One of the most common things we do with our clients is doing what we call a market assessment and market map. And we collect data. Um, what we do is we go to our client's customer and find out not just what they buy from our client, but from who else do they buy what? Adjacent products and services. Hmm. And that whole methodology helps look from the end customer's perspective back into our client. Hmm. And that we then turn into an innovation cycle. Tell me about the innovation cycle. That innovation cycle is we look for white space in that market map Mm. uh, that is adjacent to our client's current products or service so that they have the brand right to step into that. Mm. And then uh, we do typically sometimes just with executive teams and sometimes with executive teams plus other select people from around our client. Uh, We do workshops as to where we apply successful innovation tools, like examples of successful innovations in other industries, et cetera, um, and go through that with our clients. From that, we usually end up with a couple of dozen 
opportunities. We narrow it down, we prioritize it, and then we start working with our client on one or two of those, maybe three. Interesting. So the market map, that's another great example of intellectual capital and the ability to look into adjacent markets and bring back white space, white space opportunities for clients. That's a great example of IC. You know, body shops can't do that kind of thing. They don't have the method. Their talent is not capable of doing it. That's a, that's a high skill service. And, and that's why uh, Adrian's company is able to do what they're able to do. So that's really the lesson uh, team today is intellectual property, legally protected property, is where we all want to get to. But there's interim steps along the way, which is commercializing, monetizing your intellectual capital. And we saw several examples from Adrian today on how to make that happen. And as he continues on his maturity models, et cetera, et cetera, you know, those will lead to uh, more highly scalable revenue streams. So Adrian, it was a great episode today. Your examples were outstanding. What I loved about him was is that is that you're in flight with this. You know, you're clearly no longer a body shop and you're on your path to building this uh, highly scalable professional services organization by, by you know, monetizing and, and protecting all this knowledge that you've gained. So I appreciate you very much for being on the show. Thank you, Greg. All right. Appreciate the opportunity. 